This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee on day two of the 60-day legislative session, where state flags are flying at half-staff today. So to honor those who have died with COVID and to recognize the toll the virus has taken on family members throughout our state, the state of Florida will be lowering the flags to half-staff on Wednesday. This is one of the very few times over the past year that Governor Ron DeSantis has acknowledged the human toll from COVID-19. 140 additional fatalities were reported Tuesday. Florida's death toll has reached 31,696. Day one of the legislative session was a time for speeches, as the governor, the Speaker of the House, and the President of the Senate laid out their agenda for the next two months. Favorite moments from opening day? Well, there was the time House Speaker Chris Sprouls promised not to be long-winded. When we were last together in this chamber, I talked to you for 40 minutes. Don't worry, today I'm only going to talk to you for four. <laughs> Find out whose bills, whose bills they are. <laughs> Chairman, Chairman Trumbull, take note. There was the part where the governor lifted a quote from Shakespeare's Julius Caesar, the one where Mark Antony said, friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. Friends, legislators, and Floridians, lend me your ears. We will not let anybody close your schools. We will not let anybody close your businesses. And we will not let anybody take your jobs. But my favorite moment was Senate President Wilton Simpson closing his opening day speech with a quote from Dr. Seuss. You're off to great places. Today is your day. Your mountain is waiting. So get on your way. So senators, let's get on our way. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless Florida. On today's Sunrise interview, we'll have a conversation with lobbyist Ron Pierce, who has issued the Steps for Session Challenge to raise money for guide dogs. You see any irony in doing this in a, a legislative setting? Guide dogs for the blind and the legislature? <laughs> You're the first person to mention that, but yes, I um, I could see some people, um, some, um, some irony there, so absolutely. We'll also have your calendar of political events and the story of a naked Florida man who went door-to-door -door with a Bible in one hand, his penis in the other. It did not end well. But first, a word from the sponsor. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. This public health crisis has shown our one-size-fits-all education system does not meet the needs of every child. Senate Bill 48 rethinks education and provides needed flexibility for students and families, giving students the tools and resources they need to unleash their potential. You can make a difference and improve our education system by visiting fledreform.com to tell your lawmaker to support SB 48. Paid for by Americans for Prosperity, Florida. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Wednesday, March 3rd. This is World Wildlife Day, National I Want You to Be Happy Day, and National Anthem Day. On this date in 1845, Florida became the 27th state in the Union. In 1926, the International Greyhound Racing Association was formed in Miami. The industry was shut down in Florida last year after voters approved a constitutional amendment banning dog racing. And on this date in 1992, rape charges were filed in Florida against New York Mets' Daryl Boston, Vince Coleman, and Dwight Gooden. The victim, Cindy Powell, told police she was assaulted at Gooden's home in Port St. Lucie and that when it was over, Gooden offered her his autograph. Four weeks later, prosecutors announced they would not file charges. 
The state health department reported more than 7,000 new cases of COVID-19 Tuesday and 140 additional fatalities. Florida's death toll has reached 31,696, and for the first time in a year, the governor has officially acknowledged the loss. It happened at the start of his State of the State message to the legislature. Now a lot has happened over the past year. We are saddened by the thousands of Floridians and hundreds of thousands of Americans who have died with COVID. And we sympathize with the family members who in many instances were not even permitted to see their loved ones in person, either in the hospital or in a nursing home. So to honor those who have died with COVID and to recognize the toll the virus has taken on family members throughout our state, the state of Florida will be lowering the flags to half staff on Wednesday. DeSantis used his state of the state message to defend his response to the COVID crisis and to lay out a conservative agenda for the session. I see in many parts of our country, a sad state of affairs. Schools closed, businesses shuttered, and millions of lives destroyed. This calamitous reality is just the beginning of what will likely be long-term damage to children, to families, and to society. Sow the wind, and you reap the whirlwind. While so many other states kept locking people down, over these many months, Florida lifted people up. Florida schools are open, and we are one of only a handful of states in which every parent has the right to send their child to school in person. Every business in Florida has a right to operate. Over these many months, we've stood up for small family-owned businesses and have saved thousands of them from ruin. And because of our actions, Florida is now leading the nation in the number of people submitting business formation applications. We're one of the top destinations for business relocation. Friends, legislators, and Floridians, lend me your ears. We will not let anybody close your schools. We will not let anybody close your businesses. And we will not let anybody take your jobs. DeSantis also talked about what comes next. In response to the Black Lives Matter movement, he wants lawmakers to pass a bill that would give Florida the most restrictive law in the nation to crack down on protesters. Florida is and must remain a state dedicated to law and order. When riots broke out across the nation last year, we saw cities ruined by violent mobs. Law enforcement was targeted and lawlessness prevailed. This was not and must never be tolerated in the state of Florida. Working with the president and the speaker, as well as law enforcement groups across the state, we have proposed the strongest anti-rioting pro-law enforcement reforms in the nation. We will not permit localities to jeopardize the safety of their citizens by indulging in the insane fantasy of defunding law enforcement. We will not allow our cities to burn and violence to rule the streets, and we will not leave any doubt in the minds of those who wear the uniform, that the state of Florida stands with you. To paraphrase an old Merle Haggard song, when you mess with the men and women in law enforcement, you're walking on the fighting side of me. The governor also repeated his call for a crackdown on the tech giants who banned Donald Trump from their platforms, saying they've evolved into a modern version of Big Brother from George Orwell's 1984. Now this is real life 2001, not the fictitious 1984, and yet big tech wields monopolistic power over the public in ways that have made the monopolists of the early 20th century blush. Floridians have a right to control their personal data 
and big tech shouldn't be able to make billions of dollars off us without our informed consent. Florida's also been a state that strongly supports free speech. We cannot allow the contours of acceptable speech to be adjudicated by the whims of oligarchs in Silicon Valley. Nor can we allow Floridians to be, quote, deplatformed or silenced with no means of recourse. And this is especially true for those who rely on these technology platforms for their livelihood. And finally, because Florida is dedicated to free and fair elections, we cannot allow big tech to interfere in our elections by putting a thumb on the scale for the political candidates favored by Silicon Valley. Democrats responded to the governor's speech by accusing him of putting politics over the pandemic. Representative Bobby DeBose of Fort Lauderdale delivered the official response for House Democrats. The priorities we're seeing from our state leaders so far worry us, honestly. Instead of immediately trying to pass something that directly helps the people of Florida, we see political distractions. We're worried about House Bill 1, the governor's anti-protest bill that attacks our First Amendment rights. We're worried about efforts to make voting harder here in Florida, attacking a vote-by-mail system that until 2020 benefited Republicans. And we're confused that state leaders would focus their energy on social media companies and foreign countries while Floridians are struggling. These simply should not be a priority right now. We should not be satisfied if our COVID-19 response doesn't take steps to fix our broken unemployment system, help keep people in their homes, or make it easier for them to stay healthy. This is not a year for half measures. One problem this pandemic highlighted is that our healthcare system is fragile. Thousands lost their insurance when their jobs disappeared, leaving them vulnerable at the worst possible time. For years now, we've been asking for Florida to accept Medicaid expansion. This would provide a significant drawdown of federal money, provide healthcare to thousands of Floridians, and save millions in our state budget. It's a win-win-win. Rejecting this opportunity seems stubborn in the past, but it's absolutely indefensible now. This is our chance to build the state we all need and deserve. As state leaders, we need to acknowledge that our number one priority this year is helping Floridians struggling with the fallout of the COVID-19 pandemic. We must do everything in our power to get our state back on track move it forward, and make sure that no one is left behind in the recovery. Senator Gary Farmer, the Democratic leader in the upper chamber, says DeSantis and his Republican allies are ignoring the needs of average Floridians while they pursue an unprecedented right-wing agenda. In an unprecedented time, with over 30,000 dead from the coronavirus, roughly 2 million infected, and a damaged economy still in survival mode, our Republican governor has made the dissolution of your First Amendment rights his top priority and protecting violence inciting hate speech on the internet as his second. The governor and Republican lawmakers have crafted legislation to muzzle our people and restrict our speech instead of giving our health and economy the attention that they so desperately need. Can anything be more insensitive or tone deaf? Well, as it turns out, yes. Yes, there can be. Over the past two months, Senate and House committees have been meeting to hear legislation which will have a profound impact on Floridians' daily lives and our state as a whole. 
Republicans could have spent that time combating the virus that destroyed scores of small businesses and crafting bills to help those still trying to hang on. They could have laid out consumer-friendly legislation to help stem the rising power of the insurance industry over Florida's homeowners with never-ending rate hikes and dwindling coverage. Or they could have revamped a broken unemployment system that still owes benefits to some who've been out of work for nearly a year. And they could have, and should have, expanded Medicaid, drawing in the billions of dollars Floridians sent to Washington to pay for affordable health care for the working poor of Florida and the thousands who lost their insurance coverage along with their jobs. But none of that happened. Instead, here's some of the legislation they're teeing up for passage and the governor's desk for signature. Anti-minimum wage, anti-health insurance coverage, anti-state pensions hitting police, firefighters, nurses, and other public workers, anti-vote by mail, and bills aimed at privatizing public schools and draining more public tax dollars for private schools that answer to no one. The governor and his legislative allies are actually trying to convince Floridians that they're the party of the people. But their actions tell another very different story. Opening day of the session was also an opportunity for the presiding officers in both chambers to talk about their agendas. Senate President Wilton Simpson focused on protecting businesses and healthcare providers from COVID liability lawsuits. Over the next 60 days, we will address areas for improvement based on lessons learned throughout this pandemic. Senator Brandis has led an effort to advance legislation to protect both businesses and healthcare providers from frivolous litigation related to COVID-19. Our frontline healthcare workers have had to make very important decisions in the midst of rapidly changing guidance and protocols. We must do everything we can to protect these heroes. Businesses across Florida have also suffered greatly and are doing the best they can to safely reopen during a period of extreme uncertainty. And when I say businesses, I mean everyday people who provide service, services to Floridians. As they have taken risks, they have struggled to stay open um, during this pandemic. The vast majority of these businesses made a good faith effort to adhere to ever-changing guidelines. Our bills strike the right balance between shielding those that did their best under difficult circumstances while protecting consumers. Governor DeSantis, Speaker Sprouls, and our House colleagues have been tremendous partners. I look forward to seeing these great bills become law early this session. Our goal is to better prepare for future challenges that come our way. Florida has become a model for recovery from hurricanes. We suffer, we learn, we improve, we are resilient. We are going to learn from this pandemic. We are going to be better prepared. We are going to prevent shutdowns and we are going to improve our unemployment system. It is an ongoing mission, and we will make significant progress this session. Simpson also told the Senate he wants to put more money into road and water infrastructure projects, and he's supporting a controversial bill to revamp and eventually eliminate the state retirement system, replacing it with a standard 401k. On the other side of the rotunda, House Speaker Chris Sprouls urged his colleagues to be brave, telling them not to be distracted by reporters or lobbyists. Over the last decade, this House has been successful in pursuing a consistent and familiar agenda. But as we begin this new decade, I see fresh ideas in the bills that have been filed. 
and the beginnings of a new conservative vision that empowers individuals, holds government to account, and prepares Florida today for the problems of tomorrow. Of course, all of these issues are wrapped around and reshaped by the impacts of COVID-19. We have much work to do to address the pandemic and to ensure that our laws align with the real world problems that we've encountered over this past year. A lot has been written and said about the session that starts today. And much more will be written in the days and the weeks to come. Most of it is nonsense. Nearly all of it is wrong. Whether it's contained in a newspaper article written by a reporter who's too self-righteous to be self-aware, or told to you from an outside lobbyist who pretends to be an insider, all of this com commentary has the same reductive agenda. They want to reframe session as being about only the subset of issues that they care about. Or worse, they want to turn everything into a make-believe boxing match between the House and the Senate, or the legislature and the governor. This session that you read about, the one you hear about, it doesn't exist. During his brief remarks, the speaker also talked about the need to address flooding caused by rising sea levels, improving maternal health care for black women, and promoting literacy for school kids. Next up on the Sunrise interview, a conversation with Ron Pierce. He's asking the Capitol crowd to join him in a new challenge called Steps for Session, and we'll walk you through the details right after this message from the sponsors. In Florida, if you fall behind on court debt payments, the state takes away your driver's license. But if you can't drive, you can't work. So how can you make enough money to pay the debt? This policy makes no sense. Let's end debt-based license suspensions and help Florida get back to work. Welcome back to the Sunrise Interview. Our guest today is Ron Pierce with RSA Consulting Group. He's organized something called Steps for Session. And welcome to the show, Ron. Yeah, thank you, Rick, for having me on this morning. So um, last year during session, I had this crazy idea. I made a commitment to myself that I was going to walk 10,000 steps every day during session. So starting last year during session on day one, walked 10,000 steps for 60 days, got to the end of it and decided, well, I'll just keep going. And, and it's funny is here, you know, fast forward um, well over a year later, I'm still walking 10,000 steps a day. It's kind of a commitment I made to myself that was important to you know, stay healthy and, you know, kind of make a change in my life. And so I wanted to kind of do something different this year where instead of just walking 10,000 steps a day and, you know, me and, and, and my team started thinking about how could we tie that back to our community, making a difference in our community. And so one of the things we came up with, came up with was RSA, RSA step for session, which is our opportunity to number one, allow me to continue my crazy idea walking 10,000 plus steps every day, but also a way for also for us to raise some money for Southeastern Guide Dogs, which is an incredible organization um, based not too far from Tampa down in Manatee County that does incredible work with veterans and visually impaired individuals. And so, so what we're doing is basically um, I'm walking every day. The equivalent, um, my goal is for 60 days is to walk 556 miles, which is the equivalent of Tampa to Tallahassee and back to Tampa. So between now and um, April 30th. The closing of the Capitol now, most of us are being kept out of there because of health concerns. Does that make it impossible for you to do the up and down the stairs kind of thing? Yes, this is make it a lot harder because normally, as you know, a big part of our day is typically walking around the Capitol, going from meeting to meeting to meeting. So because of that, what I'm having to do is a couple things. Number one, is walk a little bit further in the morning than I normally do. So like this morning, I did, you know, four to five miles in the morning 
Um, I get up crazy early about five o'clock and start my day that way. And then um, the other thing we're going to do is probably get a, um, a treadmill for my office this week that, um, you know, between calls or I can just, you know, get 15 or 20 minutes on there as well throughout the day. Because on average, if, you, if you're going to try to do this, it looks like I'm going to have to get about nine miles per day. So you're not, you're absolutely correct. I can't get that with everything not being Zoom and everything being um, through the phone and not a lot at the Capitol, I'm going to have to find other ways to um, get the steps in. And how does like an individual person, someone hearing this might think, you know, that's a pretty good idea. How can they sign up? Absolutely. So if you go to um, RSA's Twitter account, um, at RSA Consulting, or if you go to our Facebook page, um, there's actually a link on there. It is actually a landing page at Southeastern Guide Dogs that um, we've set a goal to raise $5,000, which um, hopefully we're going to exceed that and um, raise raise them um, you know more money to be able to um, help you know help them be able to do more with again visually impaired and with veterans. And so if you go there, there's a link. And we've, we, a couple of people have asked, it's a one-time donation. You can give whatever you want. We've had people give, you know, $15, $25, $250. Um, you know, if somebody can't, you know, can't do that, if you just want to get out and walk a day, just walk, you know, get out and, you know, take a walk and let me know that you did that. You're thinking about, um, you know, supporting us and what we're doing, um, you know, for this campaign. Um, that's awesome as well. Uh, the Southeastern Guide Dogs, that's for the blind, correct? It is. It, 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 so they really, they have two different... It's for the um, for the blind, and also they do a lot for veterans as well. You see any irony in doing this in a, a legislative setting? Guide dogs for the blind in the legislature? <laughs> You're the first person to mention that, but yes, I um, I could see some people um, some um, some irony there. So absolutely, the response has been great. By the way, I mean the people that have reached out through either Facebook or through Twitter and. In other means, has um, it's it's been it's been there's been a, a ton of support not only financially but as people encouraging um, me and my team kind of for what we're doing and uh, I'm just really excited we're able to do this. You can find more details on Ron's Twitter feed. Just look for at RSA Consulting. Your calendar of events at nine. The Florida Supreme Court hears arguments in two death penalty cases: one from St. John's, the other from Clay County. The Florida Commission on Offender Review meets at nine. The Reemployment Assistance Appeals Commission meets at nine thirty. Also at nine thirty, the Senate Banking and Insurance Committee takes up a bill that requires health insurers and health maintenance organizations to provide coverage for hearing aids for children. The Senate Community Affairs Committee meets at 9.30 to check out a bill that requires local governments to include a private property rights element in their comprehensive plans. Also at 9.30, the Senate Transportation Committee takes up a bill repealing the 2019 MCORS law that calls for extending the Sun Coast Parkway, Florida's Turnpike, and building a new toll road between Polk and Collier counties. The bill does, however, include two projects that would be somewhat similar to the toll road extensions. At noon, the Senate Agriculture Committee takes up a bill that would toughen laws about tethering cats and dogs. The goal is to prevent people from leaving animals outside during severe weather. And the Senate Health Policy Committee meets at noon to hear a bill shielding health care providers from coronavirus lawsuits. Finally today, a Florida man was critically injured after being shot while naked and holding a Bible. Police say he was knocking on doors at an apartment complex in Pembroke Pines. And if anyone answered, he would shake his penis at them and say, Do you want some of this? Police were on their way to investigate complaints about the naked weenie wagger when they got another call saying the guy had been shot. They found him on the road bleeding profusely from multiple gunshot wounds. The shooter later called 911 and turned himself in. That's it for today's episode of Sunrise. 
I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics. Thank you.